Hey Grow Girls, you are listening to the Get Up and Grow Girl podcast, hosted by me, your spiritual life and business coach, Leela Jasmine Sule. I'm also a recovering hustle hard, turn my back on my feminine energy, disconnect from the divine, my productivity equals my worth kind of girl. So now it's my mission to help you ditch that disconnected lifestyle and instead align and prosper so you can experience soulful, aligned, feel-good success. You don't need no magic lamp because you are your own genie capable of manifesting your own vision. So this podcast will guide you on your journey to finding your light, stepping into your power and manifesting your dream life and business. So let's jump in. We're live. So today's episode is things to do now. Literally start them now to make 2023 the year that your vision actually manifests. These are the key things that make the difference from wanting, wishing, hoping to actually co-creating your reality the way that you want it to be and basically bringing into fruition that vision board so that your reality matches up and that vision that you can't stop thinking about actually manifests. These are the things that I started doing when one, when I when I reverse engineer it, when I manifested my, my divine partner, these were the things that I did. And last year, around a bit late, not quite even a year ago, probably like mid last year or at least like three four months in I started doing these things and that was a huge huge thing that quite created that domino effect in terms of manifesting moving here the changes in my business the growth in my business the shifts in my financial situation the improvement the healing of the anxious attachment style with money all of that stuff came from these things I'm going to break down So you can get started on these things right away and doing these things will make 2023 the year that it actually manifests because you're no longer wasting time doing the things that don't align and you're understanding the true bread and butter of manifestation. Okay, so number one, the first thing to start doing now so that your vision manifests in 2023 is get your ass in brain gym. You go to the gym right to work out your body when you want your body to change you want it to get healthier you want it to get stronger you want it to get fitter you go to the gym and you do the work to restructure your body from the inside out right to burn some fat to build some muscle to change your body composition you go to the gym if you want to manifest your vision it is no different. You need to get your ass in brain gym. Yes, you're not working your muscles like this, but what you're doing is working the pathways in your brain. You're working with the neural pathways to shift them, to firstly dissemble the pathways that are not working for you, the limiting beliefs, the behaviors that are not serving you, the toxic behaviors, Maybe they're not even toxic, but they're just misaligned. The behaviors that are creating the reality that you don't want. You want to disable those pathways and build new pathways. 
Hey, Maria. Hey, Nadine. So it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird because we all know that if we want to change our body, we need to work with it. We need to work it out. Whether we're walking, whether we're doing yoga, whether we're exercising, weightlifting, whatever we're doing, we know that if we want to change our body, we have to restructure it. Again, build muscle, burn some fat. We have to change things up inside. Yet when we're trying to create our dream lives, I feel like a lot of the time we don't actually think, let me go in and rewire my brain. Maybe that's because it sounds really hard or it sounds really scary, but neuroplasticity is what we name how, how the brain changes. The brain is malleable, it's plasticity because it's like almost like a plasticine that it can be molded and, and what's the word, like, when you, when you build something, you can, you can reform new paths in the brain. What you don't use in the brain will slowly start to weaken and then fall apart. So any patterns that aren't serving you. For example, when I was manifesting my relationship, codependent patterns were not serving me. Finding that in dating scenarios, I would instantly try to just like give everything, have no boundaries, flex myself, um, try to fix the person, try to control the person, become their caretaker. That was just a reflex. I wasn't doing it on purpose. It was coming from my wounded in the child, but I was always doing those things. Neuroplasticity meant that I could change the beliefs that were creating certain energy which is creating certain behaviors. So in the brain, what happens is our beliefs, they then create an energy. All beliefs have a frequency, right? If you believe that you're not capable of having, I don't know, let's say more money, you're stuck at the income level you're at, you feel like you're struggling and you believe that you're stuck there and you, you can't have more, you're not worthy of more. It's too hard for you to get more then that creates an energy, right? That's a low vibration energy. When you feel like you can't possibly make any more money and you're stuck, you feel hopeless, you feel disempowered, you probably feel stressed, you probably feel anxious. Low vibe feelings. So that energy then creates behaviors that are also probably low vibe. Behaviors that aren't serving you, acting scared, acting like you don't deserve more, accepting what you don't deserve. So when we understand brain gym if you like when we understand that we can actually go in and change the brain we can change and rewire so that those beliefs that aren't serving us that we're not good enough that we can't have it that there's not enough to go around that we always get let down they slowly break away and dissolve and then you your new beliefs the more you use them the more you embed them the more you embody them the more those new pathways build and the more you use it, the more it gets used. And then again, that belief creates an energy and it's a higher vibe energy. If you feel you are worthy, you're deserving, you are capable, you can do anything. People always um, do good by you. For example, in relationships, people always treat you as you deserve. You are always respected. Then it creates a higher vibe energy because you feel hopeful, you feel positive, you feel empowered, you feel appreciated. You feel hopeful above all. And that energy is higher vibe and that changes your behaviors. And so again, you're gonna act differently. And this is how we manifest a different reality.
So the number one thing you need to do, the first thing you need to do, I'm going to, I'm going to break down the rest is get your ass in brain gym. Don't treat mindset work like a little hobby. Like I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read like a little book and for five minutes and then I'm done. It's no different from if you are on a fitness journey and you want to change your body. You don't just like walk into the gym for like five minutes and then be done. Sorry, there's an announcement going on outside my window. I hope you can hear me. It takes consistency. You treat it like a, a real important thing. The same is necessary when it comes to your brain. Rewiring your brain. It should be a priority, actually committing to inner work. And that's not just mindfulness. That's not just sitting and just observing thoughts. That's that's important. But it's actually going, digging in to recognize what beliefs are not serving me. What behaviors are not serving me? What narratives do I have? What self-perceptions do I have that aren't serving me? And how can I slowly rewire them, release them, release all the energy around them that's giving it power? And then what do I need to build instead? How can I build these new pathways? How can I build these new pathways in my brain that are going to serve me in creating a different reality? Okay, so that's number one. I'm going to shut the window. Okay, I'm back. (laughs) so we have number two the second thing you need to do now to make this the year that your vision manifests is tend to your wounded inner child who is only playing out what she knows she is only doing what she has always known and always done but what so many of us don't realize is it often is our wounded inner child who is in the driving seat This is because as a child, we are like a sponge, right? We are literally a sponge who is just absorbing everything. What that means is we're a walking unconscious mind. As a child, we are just in our unconscious mind. And so that is constantly being molded. It's kind of like a canvas that's blank. It's a blank canvas and every brush stroke is being added. With every experience we go through, everything we hear, everything we listen to, a brush stroke is being added. And then when you're, you know, when all of that has been put onto the canvas, I want to say when you're done, but you're you're always still growing. The canvas is always being added to. But imagine that the first few years of your life as a child is when like it's, people are going ham on your canvas, right? There's, There's patterns everywhere. So then when you step back and look at it, that creates your paradigm, your view of the world, the way you think the world works, the beliefs about what's true and what aren't, what isn't true, mostly comes from childhood. The majority of your canvas, if you now are a canvas, the majority of it came from childhood because that is just when we were the most malleable. That is when our canvas was the most like, paint me. So now most of our design may be coming from our wounded inner child, our child who, the inner child within us who didn't maybe get what she needed sometimes, who went through experiences that she interpreted a certain way and she formed all of these beliefs. And what we need to do now is be like, okay, I'm an adult now, I know better, 
I didn't get to choose what went on my canvas as a child because I was just a, an unconscious mind. So it was a product of my environment, of the people I was around, of the media I consumed, whatever my family put on the TV for me. I didn't get to choose that. But as an adult now, I can choose. I can choose what I want to be on my paradigm because I can choose what kind of life I want and then reverse engineer it to create my paradigm. And this is something we do in the Manifest Magic Academy. This is the basis of what we do. So when was the last time you tended to that inner child and you actually went within and you looked at what was going on and you saw all those beliefs that you formed as a child and you thought, are these serving me? Where did I pick up these beliefs? And you reparented your inner child through it and showed her that, okay, we, we developed this, we learned this, and that's okay. But what I wish I could tell you is that that's actually not true. That's not actually how it's always going to be. For example, money is a big one that a lot of people can relate to. And a lot of the time, as a child, you might have heard certain things about money. You might have heard that money doesn't grow on trees, um, that you know spending money is, is bad, or that people who have money are bad. You will have heard all these things as a child, and as a walking subconscious mind, you'll have just absorbed it. But now as an adult, those beliefs will affect your unconscious behaviour. If you think money is bad, you're unconsciously, and I can't stress enough that that's the word unconsciously, avoid money. So we need to go in, look at our wounded inner child and show her that it's safe to leave our comfort zone, to leave the reality that we're in now. Because the reality we're in now has only got us so far and it's come from the paradigm that we already have. To have a different reality, we're going to need to expand our paradigm and adopt a different paradigm. Right? So... It's about doing that wounded inner child healing, that shadow work, to understand where these things came from. For example, one of the things I had to work through in relationships to manifest the happy relationship that I'm in now, the healthy one that I always wanted when I was struggling with so many toxic ones and situationships, was I had to realise that it's safe to have boundaries because boundaries are what allow me to have a healthy love. I used to have no boundaries, which meant that I allowed myself to be treated in ways that wasn't right. I put up with habits and, and behaviours that weren't right, that weren't healthy in a relationship. For example, not, not being able to rely on someone. They say they'll do one thing, they do another. They say they're going to be loyal, they're not loyal. All these kind of things... I didn't have the boundaries to, pre to prevent those things. But that's because I was living from my wounded inner child. And my wounded inner child believed that if she had boundaries, she wouldn't receive love. It's not safe to set a boundary because if I set a boundary, it's not going to be respected and I'm going to get iced out. With love is going to be withdrawn and I'll be abandoned. Those were the beliefs that my wounded inner child developed. And what I have to say here is that your wounded inner child doesn't mean you went through something so, so severe. Hopefully you didn't. But sometimes we think that if I didn't go through like the world's biggest trauma on paper, then I don't have a wounded inner child. 
That's not the case. The terminology just means that as a child, we interpret things because we don't know how the world works. And we are a little vulnerable being, a little vulnerable child. And if we don't get the needs that we have met, we are going to learn certain things from that. We're going to create certain inferences from that. So as a child, if you didn't get the needs that you had met, maybe you were in a vulnerable moment, you were emotional, you were sad, you were struggling, and you didn't get the love that you wanted because maybe your parent just didn't know how to help you. They didn't understand. You're a child. You're not probably expressing it super clearly. And maybe they didn't have the skills. It's not always someone's trying to deliberately hurt you. But then as a child, you can then interpret that to mean it's not safe to show my emotions because when I cry, maybe your parent didn't know what to do with you when you cried. Maybe they had their own shit going on. So you learn that when I cry, nothing good comes from it. I don't get help. No one's coming to help me. Nothing gets fixed. So I learn it's not safe to express my emotions because all that it will do is leave me feeling more vulnerable because no one's coming to help me. So then you can go into life, this is just an example, in relationships and not show your emotions, never express your emotions, never ask for help. And then how can you feel truly connected to someone if you can never open up? So you might be manifesting and saying, I really want a healthy relationship. I really want to feel connected. I want to meet my person, my soulmate. But your behavior is saying the opposite because we all know to have a connection, you have to open up. How can you connect if you're not being authentic? But your unconscious behavior may just be closed off, not opening up past that point, not opening up to the point that you actually can connect at. And this, again, can be coming from a belief that was formed so long ago, you don't even remember. A belief that it's not safe for me to open up because when I do, no one's going to come and then I'm just going to be left feeling worse. Hopefully you can see how as a child we can create these associations when I was a child, often it was very hot and cold and the relationship dynamic was very hot and cold. And this was just due to probably what my own parents were working through themselves. But it was like one minute we're all laughing and we're super happy. And then the next minute we're fighting and we're mad at each other and we're shouting. And my, my primary caregivers are calm and loving and super happy. And then bam, suddenly they're moody and they're angry. And this is something that, as we all know, we all have these mood swings, right, sometimes. But as a child, one minute you're safe and you're receiving love and everything's happy. And then suddenly they're angry and you're maybe being shouted at. Or maybe you're being iced out. Or maybe you're being just brushed off. And as a child, you're like, whoa, one minute I'm here, the next I'm here. I don't know what to expect. And you can feel unsafe and you can feel that your needs only get met some of the time. Your needs are met, they're not met, they're met, they're not met. And the way this can translate into your life is just crazy and amazing. Because what I often talk about, some of my work, is about the anxious attachment with money. And for me, I talk about it because I experienced it. In having that anxious attachment as a child, where I got love one minute, then I didn't. One minute we're laughing and joking, then we're being, everyone's mad at each other. Suddenly everyone's icing each other out or shouting at each other. So I learn that sometimes I get my needs met, sometimes I don't. And how, what's the main way that as an adult we'll think at least that we get our needs met or we can use to get our needs met? Money. Love is an energy, money is an energy. 
We learn as a child, sometimes we receive love, sometimes we don't. We grow up and we start using money as an energy. We, we think sometimes I'm going to get to have money, sometimes I don't. And this is what can create feast and famine cycles with money, where you're doing things unconsciously. So I found that I was unconsciously, and I really didn't realise it for so long, but I've been able to work through it now, which is so powerful, is that I would get money and then unconsciously get rid of it without realising, obviously. I wouldn't want to, but I'd end up being like, oh, I really need that thing, and I'd discover something that I needed to buy. Or, oh, I have to get that person a gift because they're always so good to me. So now that I've got money, I'm going to buy them a gift and spend all of that money on them. Or, you know, something would happen. I would either spend it, give it away, maybe sometimes even manifest some sort of bill or something. And it meant that whenever I had money, it would go again. So attract, feast, famine, feast, famine. Playing out the habits of my wounded inner child. So she is only playing out what she knows. She is playing out what she learned as a child. She is playing out what just was put onto her canvas, that blank canvas that you are as a child, when she was just in an unconscious state and she was an unconscious mind and that's what we all are as children. But now, if you want to manifest something different, again, you need to tend to that wounded inner child because she's just been in there probably for 20, 30 years. And have we actually ever reflected and thought, do the beliefs, stories, narratives that I learned actually work for me anymore? Do these narratives that I have, the beliefs, the behaviours, all the things that I've just picked up and I'm doing unconsciously? Because again, I have to remind you that 90, 95% of your behaviour is unconscious. So you don't, you're not daily, think, you think you're in control of what you're doing when you're in your conscious mind, but really it's your unconscious mind. So when was the last time you actually thought, my paradigm was formed in childhood. How much of this is actually serving me? How much of this is actually helping me create the life I want? Or am I just living out of something I've always done and then hoping that my dream life is going to manifest? If you want your dream life to manifest, as I said in the point one, get your ass in brain gym. Point two, tend to your wounded inner child. And tend to the paradigm that she's holding on to just because that's all she knows. And actually assess, is this serving me? What's not serving me? What do I need to pick apart? What do I need to unwire? And what do I need to rewire? Number three, point three, and I like this one. I like them all, but I like this one. Adjust your physiology. Might sound kind of weird, might sound kind of trippy. But again, manifestation is not just something that happens in the mind. Often you'll hear like, you know, do mindset work to manifest. And as, as I've just said, you need to do rewiring 100%. But we don't manifest just from our mind. We manifest from our entire being. And on a physiological level, that's what's creating our vibration right? So it's not just about what's going on in our mind, it's about what's going on in our body, because our mind, body, soul together is where we manifest from. We are not just a mind, we are not just a body. When we integrate all of that, then we understand that we are always co-creating our life from all that we be. Yes, our beliefs, yes, our behaviours, but also our physiology is creating our vibration, and it's also creating a lot of our behaviour. 
because our nervous system is creating a lot of our behavior. And so many of us have issues with our nervous system. I remember going to see an osteopath, I think, I think, um, a few years back. And she was saying that when I was breathing, I was literally just breathing up in the top of my chest and just in my shoulders. And I was not breathing from my belly at all. But when we're breathing shallow through the shoulders and the top of the chest, most of the time we're in parasympathetic state, which means that we are kind of in fight or flight. We're in like survival mode. We're breathing shallow. When we breathe deeply, we're in that rest and digest mode. But a lot of us are chronically in that fight or flight mode because of the lifestyles we live is a big part of it. Often because of traumas and things that we've been through before that has now offset our nervous system. Our lives are very stressful a lot of the time. A lot of people's lives are stressful. And our stress response is designed to see a threat, take energy from somewhere in our body, which is often taken from things like digestion, um, hormone secretion, all these things that you can take energy from and we wouldn't die. And that energy is pumped to our muscles so that we can fight the threat, right? And when this response was created, we were running from tigers and lions and we were trying to survive in the wild. So when a stress came, we would get in that fight or flight response and some vital uh, systems in the body would slow down, energy would be taken from them. Um, We would secrete different hormones such as adrenaline and that energy would be used to fight the threat. But now when we have a stress because our laptop's not starting or because we're late to a, we're sitting on, you know, on our laptop and we can't get onto the Zoom call or we're having a breakup and it's an emotional pain. Whenever we're feeling that stress, we don't actually run, fight a tiger or flee the tiger, right? What we actually do is nothing physical. So we don't use that extra energy. And it can imbalance us and imbalance our nervous system, which means that we can often constantly be in a state of fight or flight. And when you're in a state of fight or flight, that's meant to be something temporary that you're just in to survive the threat and then you're going to come back. So it's not the place for expanding your life, right? When you're in survival mode, you don't care about manifesting, you know, all the abundance and the joy and the freedom that you want. You care about just staying alive, just keep breathing. And so I was in that state for a long time, just chronic stress, which I didn't even realize. And I was breathing, as the osteo pointed out, just like this all the time, not able to fully be in my body and be in that rest and digest state, which is where, you know, you're you're in a relaxed state. And that's when you can receive more ideas and you can act in a way that is more abundant, that is about achieving more of what you want rather than just surviving. It's one more one where I am. So adjust your physiology. Don't just do the work in the mind. Look at healing your nervous system. I love breath work for this. Different types of breath work coming back to the body. Teaching your body that it's okay to get back into rest and digest. Learning to transmute the stress that you're feeling so that it doesn't change your body and your physiology and keep you in this state of survival mode. 
but actually process, feel through, release. Mind, body, soul, integrated approach. Personally, I teach it and I call it the soul surgery method. Because it's all this stuff is bringing you back to your soul when you're not in survival mode, when you're not just covered in conditioning from your childhood and living out of these old beliefs and all of this stuff. It's kind of like taking your soul and putting it back in your body and putting it back in the driver's seat and being like, there you go, now you can create your highest vision because now all this random shit is gone, essentially. Okay, so that was number three. Number four, simple yet profound. The final thing that you need to do now to make this the year that your vision actually manifests is just get the fuck out of the comfort zone. It's so simple. But again, our ego wants to keep us safe. Our wounded inner child wants to keep us safe unconsciously. We're not often just being like, I don't want to do that because I want to stay comfortable. It's unconscious. But we're, we're making reasons why we shouldn't do it. Like, oh, I can't do that though because of this. And actually, I don't really want to do that. And I don't think it will help. And really often that is often the ego just trying to keep us safe and stop us from doing the thing and justifying why we don't need to do it. But you need to try the new things. You need to get into that zone of what you don't know that you don't know. So you need to expand yourself. Get in rooms where you can learn new things. It's the thing that you probably feel the most resistance to doing that will probably help you. And probably unlock something for you. A very small kind of funny example of this is for me with yoga. Those of you who know me well, I am a weightlifter. Having been a personal trainer for many years, I love weightlifting. I love lifting heavy things. I love the adrenaline. So I would always do that. But I would never be able to sit through a yoga class. Like I think I'd done probably being a PT for at the time at least six years, five years. I'd never really done a proper yoga class. Only when I was doing like influencer blogger events. I'd never actually gone to one by choice or done a YouTube one or anything. And for me, there was so much resistance to it. And it was my ego like, oh, that's not going to do anything for me. Like, I'm better. I need like intense workouts. Yoga's not good for me. My ego was telling me all these reasons why actually it's pointless. I don't need to do it. When I got COVID and I couldn't leave the house because I had to be locked in, right? Couldn't, you can't, couldn't go out. I was forced to do yoga if I wanted to do any exercise because that's the only thing I could do in my flat. And what I realized was all the excuses I was making as to why I didn't want to do it were actually something I needed to learn. In yoga, you're very slow. You're taking your time. You're flowing. You're being very present. You're sitting in an uncomfortable position and holding it. In weightlifting, you're bam, 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 bam. Move, move, move. Adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. It's fast. Get it done. Kind of stay moving. Don't sit still for too long. In yoga... It's about holding. It's about being present. It's about slowing down. It's about having patience. And I did not have any. And so I had all these reasons why I shouldn't do yoga. And when I was forced to do it, I realized that I find it hard or found it hard to sit, to be still, to sit in the discomfort, to have patience, to wait, to flow, to trust and to receive. I like to do, 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 but I didn't like to sit and receive. So then I was like, well, how, of course that's going to translate. If I'm not willing to receive, if I'm not willing to, to wait, if I'm not willing to be basically not always hustling, but just being, 
well, then how could I manifest receiving on a greater scale in, in finance, finances, being wealthier, receiving more money, if I don't feel comfortable to receive? How could I just manifest a life like I have now where I live in the Caribbean and so much of it is about flowing and just being and relaxing and it's a lot less doing than when I was in London? If I can't sit still. We often say we want something, but energetically we're not comfortable with it yet. And so we need to expand into what we are capable and comfortable of, receiving, being, whatever it is, in order to have the thing. So... I would say how I would say this you might be thinking well how does yoga have anything to do with you know manifesting what I want but that's exactly it it's that how you do one thing majority of the time is how you do everything so it's looking at your unconscious behavior again and I was able to see that me my resistance I had towards yoga is actually not just about that because it it's rarely ever about just one area it's showing up in other areas of my life and so I need to reflect on it and see why do I have this difficulty to sit still, to be, to receive? Why do, why do I always have to be doing? What am I running from? If I want to be able to receive, I need to learn to just be in receiving mode, not always doing. So try the new things and it probably is the thing that you're resisting that holds the key. And the reason I say try the new things is kind of like when I said get the fuck out of the comfort zone, it's trusting to go into the unknown. Sometimes it's what you don't even know. And for me, being here has been a huge part of that. It's been beautiful in many ways, but it's also been really scary. Being so out of the comfort zone, being an element of surrender. This is a new place for me, completely new country. So I've had to surrender too. I've had to sometimes let other people take charge and show me where I am and show me where to go and show me what to do because I don't know. And that could be really scary, and it, it has been scary, but it's also expanded me so much. And getting out of the comfort zone will do that for you. Another example of this is that a client of mine, we did a breathwork session live on the group program that she's in, the Goddess Inner Circle. And she did the session, and then she said, I asked everyone at the end how they were feeling, and she said, I'm not going to lie, I was like, I don't see the point in this, I don't understand, why, why are we breathing and I have to breathe? I don't see the point in this. I don't think it's, I'm going to get anything out of it. I don't, it's a waste of time. But she sat there. She did it. This was on Zoom. And then she said, I have basically turned a full 180 degrees from non-believer to having a complete out-of-body experience. And she released something emotionally. And that's what this breath work is for that I walk you through is to actually release an energetic blockage, release something that's standing in your way. And she was the most like, I don't need this. Her ego was like, I don't need this. This isn't going to help me. Breathwork what? Breathwork who? Why would I need that? And then she actually had the most out-of-body experience and released something. I think she started to cry and she let out that emotion. But it was kind of like a, a good cry. Like it was, a, it was stuck. And she released it. And when you release what's holding you back, the energy, your vibration changes. She feels freer. She achieved so many different things. She started moving so differently after she tapped into that after she had that release and again she had all these ideas that it wasn't for her it's not going to work for her she's not someone who does breath work what's the point she doesn't need mindfulness and actually when she tried the thing that she didn't think was going to work it turned out to be so much more than she expected and to be honest I had a similar experience to that 
in thinking that some of these things, some of these practices, I don't need them, they're not going to do anything. And that was just me trying to stay in the zone of what, what is safe, what I know, what my wounded inner child is comfortable with. But it's on the outside of that comfort zone where the expansion happens, where the change happens, where you begin to shift your identity. Because we're always living a life in line with who we're being. So when you shift to your being, that life shifts, your reality shifts, and that's when it manifests. Okay, so these are my four things. I hope that they resonated. I hope that something came through that you're like, yes, this is where I start. I would definitely, obviously recommend doing all four of these things, but one might have stuck out to you more. And if it, if it does, that's probably because that's what's the next thing for you. That's what's aligned for you. That's what's potentially that thing that's going to push you over the tipping point. So if something did come through, feel free to DM me and let me know what that is. I'm going to walk you through all of these things inside my six-month program, which is called the Manifest Magic Academy. We're starting on Monday. We already have some people in who are starting their pre-work today. So this is the program to do this inner work. Do the work in rewiring your brain, rewiring the new neural pathways that actually serve you in creating the life that you want. And healing that wounded inner child, tending to all these beliefs that you formed as a child and all all of this paradigm that you formed as a child when you were unconscious and it wasn't your choice to create that paradigm. And since then, you've probably been creating your reality from that place. So we're going to go in and we're going to tend to that wounded inner child. We're going to pick out what doesn't serve us anymore. We're going to release that and we're going to rewire what does serve you in creating the life that you intentionally want. So that it's not just happening as a byproduct, but you're intentionally creating. And one of my favorite things, we're going to adjust your physiology. We're going to do a lot of nervous system healing so that your physiology is on side. So that you're not in constant state of fight or flight. So you're not holding on to all of this stored trauma, which is affecting your vibration and your frequency. You will, of course, get out of comfort zone because you're going to be trying all the new things. Hypnosis, breath work, tapping, um, of course, a lot of rewiring, a lot of neuro-linguistic programming. And all of this is going to be done starting on Monday. So if you feel the pull to get in, the link is in my bio or you can DM me Manifest Magic. I hope you love this. I hope you take something away. Let me know what you're going to implement in the DMs. And I'm going to share this in case you missed the beginning so that you can watch all the way through. Thanks for watching, guys. So I hope you loved this episode. Thank you for listening and spending your time with me. And I really hope that it is empowering you and has empowered you to go for those goals and to know that you are so capable of manifesting all that you desire and all of that soulful success in your life, in your business, in your relationships, in any aspect that you desire it in. And if you did enjoy this episode, if you did find it helpful, if you did have some light bulb moments, please take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Leela Jasmine Sule. I would love to hear what you took away from the episode. I would love to hear how it helped you. But also it would be amazing if you could share the message and pass this on to more Grow Girls who would benefit from this. And if you share it on your Instagram stories, then of course, all the Grow Girls in your community will also be able to listen and enjoy the goodness as well. Until next time, Grow Girls, goodbye.